Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hey, look, the Michigan thing just got weirder and weirder and weirder, including Connor Stallion's mommy coming at me. Weird stuff that we're going to talk about. IU basketball looked lost last night, and IU fans love a new white guy. That's what IU fans do. We love our new white guy. Don't at me starts right now. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to the big show, as they call it. Although I feel like if I say the big show, I'm ripping somebody off, and I don't want to rip somebody off. All right, the Michigan thing got weirder. The Michigan thing got weirder, and let me see if I can explain it to you. All right, I'm not going to be able to explain one part of it, but the weirdness of this is awesome. So now here's what we have. We have Connor Stallions, who has resigned. Listen to this. You will not believe this. So Connor Stallions now is gone. He's the guy that un- incognito went to Central Michigan. He's the guy that went to and, and was hired to decode games. He scouted in person. He had buddies do it. There's tickets. There's evidence. I had a Big Ten coach tell me that it should be a 10-year show cause against Harbaugh with all the evidence they have, but it gets weirder. You're saying to me, how does this get weirder? There is a star running back at Michigan. His name is Blake Quorum. C-O-R-U-M. Blake found out, apparently, now this is what Blake is saying. Blake is saying yesterday, he found out, now wait for this, just follow me along here, that Blake Quorum and Connor Stallions own a company that cleans vacuums. Now I'm going to say this again. They own a company according to a LLC finding in Wyoming. I don't know how people do all this stuff, but it's awesome. They found that Quorum and Stallions own an LLC together, a limited company, whatever the hell that means. Quorum's like, yo, dude, I'm a clean guy. He did. He said this. I'm a clean guy, but I, I, I don't know anything about cleaners. That's a pretty good line. Wasn't bad. So this is unbelievable. He had to answer yesterday, Quorum did, and say, look, I got no business relationship with Stallions. According to records from Wyoming, Stallions and a third partner, Connor O'Shea, are listed with Quorum as organizers of a limited liability corporation called BC2 Housing LLC. BC, Blake Quorum. It lists a home in Ann Arbor as its office and mailing address. The home is the home of Stallions, and this is even weirder. Here's what's even weirder. Stallions made, according to the budget, like 50 grand, 40 grand, something like that. But a $550,000 house. Yeah, I said it. A $550,000 house. This is awesome. This is CSI without the murder. Or maybe there is a murder. Who's to say there's not a murder in all this? Who's to say that we're not going to find dead bodies? Who's to say that we're not going to find Hoffa? Hey, this guy's a Marine. 
Who's to say? Not me. I would never say because all of a sudden the star running back apparently has to say, what, who, what? And apparently my man Stallion's living in this nice neighborhood where he bought a half a million dollar house, had the neighbors, the homeowners association so pissed off that he had to pose in front of a board and explain why there's all these vacuum cleaners in front of his house. This is great. Nah, this is too good. This is awesome. This is fantastic. I love it. Uh, Property records indicate that Stallions, I got it wrong, indicate that he purchased a $485,000 house near Michigan's campus shortly after his stint with the Marines ended. When he moved in, dozens of old vacuum cleaners appeared on the front porch. The stash peeved neighbors. The homeowners association involved. He went in front of the trial court. I suspect, listen to Stallions here, this dude is nuts. And he gets it honestly, and I'll show you why in a minute. I suspect that whoever has chosen to sue me, either one, doesn't like the fact that I'm a veteran. That's good. Play the victim. Or two, is a Michigan State fan, knows I'm a Michigan football coach. He's a coach. He says he's a coach. Feels like a coach. Harbaugh says, we don't know who the hell this guy is. We don't know what he was doing. He's coach. Says right there. And he's got documentation to prove it. And wants to draw my attention away. He had one Spartan fan in mind. Someone named Jeff lived down the street, had a son attending Michigan State. He uncomfortably questioned me about Michigan football and what goes on in our building, giving me a bad feeling about him. Hey, this guy's military. He's got a bad feeling. He definitely seemed like someone who wants to distract me with unnecessary time-consuming things like this. Yeah, because let me tell you something. Stallions is that important. 0-5. 0-5 is what the legendary John Harbaugh was as a coach against Urban Meyer and Ryan Day. All of a sudden, fast forward, and Stallions is there stealing signs, and they're 2-0, and and they're routing people in the second half. Definitely worth the money. Genius. I told my son who's coaching, genius move. You just hired the wrong guy because he's crazy. I mean, look, never involve yourself with crazy. Look, Gritty and all you guys and gals out there of the YouTube chat that have watched this show understand that I always say, don't think about, don't think about dealing with crazy. Let's see a picture of the house, fellas. I think we got a picture of the house. With the vacuums. I think we do. Maybe we don't. It says here we do. Screenshot. Stallion's house with vacuums. Maybe not. Are you serious? There's no way. And wait a second. That's a half million dollar house? What the hell's that thing in the front? What's that, Dylan? What, we get moonshine? What is this? Half million dollar? Fix that damn roof. Look at that drain. What the hell is all this? Hey, look, Ann Arbor is overpriced. Bidenomics sucks. Go to the store, but damn. So, wait, you pull the pickup truck. Is this real? This isn't real. Is this real? It's from the Wall Street Journal. You pull the I'd be more mad about the pickup truck. Dude's just running a vacuum service. What the hell? But you got this pickup truck looking like something out of a John Griffin novel in the mid in Mississippi. Parked in, did it ram? Oh, this is too good. I did not see this. All right. Well, here's another deal. 
Big Ten office, Tony Petiti, who's the new president or the new commissioner, was informed today that the two programs that fed Purdue Michigan signals before the 2022 title, Rutgers and Ohio State, not clear if rules were broken, doesn't directly affect UM's situation, but raises a question relative competitive advantage. Oh, shut up, John Bacon. John Bacon's one of those professors. My, wife, my son loved having Bacon. But he's trying always to be in sports. He writes books on Michigan. Look, here's the deal. If I'm stealing signs off TV... Uh, and I'm getting, hey, look, I'm calling around. Anybody got, yeah, I got this. Uh, yeah, that's fine. That's not a competitive advantage. That's doing your homework. But if I'm advanced scouting, if I'm showing up at arenas or fields and I'm filming people on a sideline with an infrared camera, that, my friends, is different. Now, people can argue with me all they would like. They can bitch, whine, and moan. Competitive advantage, man. Yeah, well, I don't know what to tell you. I'd steal signs today if I were coaching Little League, but I'd only do it on the field. I'm not doing it electronically. Come on, peoples. Come on. I mean, look, and I understand. I do. I totally understand that John Bacon is throwing. What Michigan is doing here, they're in four corners. They're playing four corners. They're, throw, they're, they're stalling until whatever happens. And something may happen today because it's 48 hours since the Big Ten gave Michigan allegedly, because when reporters tell you this crap, you know you know what's happening here. You know about uh, five out of ten things they're reporting are true. I just report what I know to be true. And I report what I have read or not, what I have discussed with Big Ten coaches. I'm not messing around here. People are like, well, say the coaches, man. You don't say the coaches. What's wrong with you? Man, if you don't give up your sources... It don't matter. Oh, shut up. Just shut up. I'm not giving up any sources. I talk to coaches. They tell me what's going on because I'm a coach. Highly respected in the industry. I don't know if I ever not. I just throw that out. Look at Harbaugh. Look at the whole Harbaugh family. I like the, I like the sister. Anyway, it can't, it's going to get weirder. I feel like it's going to get weirder. I didn't see the star running back in an LLC with Stallions. Hey, you want to know weird? Watch this. We got a screenshot of Stallion's mommy coming at me and Dick Vitale. Now, look, I'm the best to ever do it, but damn, I didn't even know I was doing games in 2021. Someone shut up Dockage, please. Not quite Dick Vitale level annoying, but close. Kelly's out of her damn mind. What? Look, my job was to describe. I was the best to ever do it. It's unbelievable that Brad Zager and the folks at Fox don't have me doing Big Ten games. And by the way, that was embarrassing last night for the Big Ten Network having Robbie Hummel, Robbie Hummel, doing the Indiana game on the first game after Bob Knight died and then throw it at the studio and let little peaches, uh, Rafael Davis with his little pants, his little, his little ch- uh, capris. He's got, he, he had dark capris on. That's embarrassing. But anyway, hey, look, you can't shut up Dockage. Dockage has too much greatness. But listen, ladies and gentlemen, I'm just telling you, this is going to get weirder. We'll see what happens today. Hopefully, because I'm just tired of cheats, hopefully whoever cheated gets suspended. Hopefully Tony Patini has a sack the size of my head and gets her done. Hey, listen to this, people. You're not going to believe this. Listen, LeBron James is mad. LeBron James isn't getting calls. LaFlop isn't getting calls. So guess what? Last night or two nights ago after the Lakers game, they said, hey, 
we want some calls. So they contacted the NBA office and complained. I'm guessing what they did was, here's what I'm guessing. I'm guessing they sent videos. I'm guessing they sent videos of calls that LaFlop should have got. That's what I'm guessing. And you know what? Whether you like LeBron or not, and a lot of people do, a lot of people don't. I personally, he's never been must-watch TV for me. Uh, I, that's a lie. When my son was a kid, we'd go to games. The Lakers connect, uh, contacted the NBA office Tuesday about what they view as numerous missed calls in Monday's 108-107 loss to the Miami Heat. Point of contention, how LeBron was officiated, according to sources, shared various clips showing they believed to be clear illegal contact by Heat defenders against James that went unnoticed. Well, I get it. Look, that's what you do. I did it at Bowling Green. I was up the you-know-what of Eric Harmon, rest, his pe- rest in peace, uh, and his crew about officiating. I would send videos, and I learned it from Bob Knight. I had to fly out to Defiance, Ohio, I think it was, or maybe it was Finley. I don't know. After we lost to Minnesota, we stayed up literally all night making tapes of the bad calls. I got in a private plane. I flew out. Went into this guy's office, put Knight on speaker, and Knight just MF the guy up, down, sideways, and back because we got screwed in our mind. And I don't know. The only call I remember was a ball that, listen to this ball hit the rim in Minnesota, hit the guide wire for the basket because Minnesota had a, has a stage and a wire, and went in the basket. Clearly, you're not a buck. That's the only call I remember going there. But look, I don't blame LeBron. Here's the deal. If you're going to get calls, you got to make it known that you're not getting calls. It goes back a thousand years in the NBA. Red Arback used to pitch a fit. Tom Landry fired Gene Carabine, a great official, because he didn't get a call back in the old NFL days when Tom Landry, after a game, could get a guy fired as an official. It's been going on forever. I don't blame LaFlop. I don't blame LaFlop at all. They should do that. They have to do that. They must do that because, well, frankly, that puts the NFNBA referees on notice. It puts them on notice. And you know with LaFlop that they are going to talk about it nationally. They're going to talk about it. We're going to hear about it. Referees don't want to hear about it. Referees want about the last damn thing in America. Hey, I got to tell you, I got a picture that was on Don LaCreese of uh, Donald Trump's lawyer, uh, Alina Haba. Haba, Haba, Haba. Anyway, I digress. I'm moving along here, people, and we're moving snappy. But anyway, back to LeBron. Like, people will criticize LeBron for this, and they have. But I want to make this very clear. That's a smart move. Gene Cady did it all the time, I believe. His assistants told me. I never saw it. I'm trying to be factual here. Coaches do it all the time. They send in clips. Players in the NBA go to their coaches and say, look, this is crap. Coach goes to the GM. GM says, look, this is crap. Next thing you know, boom, here we go. You got to do it. Remember when Van Gundy and Riley and Phil Jackson and those NBA coaches were always during playoff series talking about the refs were not getting calls? Well, ladies and gentlemen, you're seeing it. And you should do it. Not kind of should do it. You absolutely should do it. But here's the thing. Aren't you tired of LeBron? And this is sad. I got tired of Jordan. I did. Like, when Jordan went to the Wizards, 
I got tired of them. I had enough. Like, enough already. Enough. Like, and it's different because LeBron still has a team that's interesting in the Lakers, and LeBron's still dropping like 25 or whatever he's dropping every night. But with Jordan, it was like, enough. Go away. Sell T-shirts. Sell underwear. Wear your Hitler stash. Go stoop everything in the building. Divorce your wife. Marry some uh, short girl with a big set on her and have twins. Do something, for God's sake. But I'll give you this, LeBron. LeBron's a bit ageless. You know what would be really interesting? This would be really interesting. I would be fascinated by what LeBron does to keep himself healthy. I know he spends like a million a year on his body, hyperbolic chambers. I understand that. Oh, there's a woman ref in the NBA. A very good, the head of officials, now that he's passed, uh, John Adams told me there are eight women officials in NCAA basketball. Seven shouldn't be refing a junior high game. And it's the same thing in the NBA. But hey, DEI, baby, diversity, equity, and inclusion. You know what's going to happen. At some point, we'll get a referee refereeing the NBA Finals, and it'll be groundbreaking, and the NBA Finals will suck, just like the NCAA Finals in women's basketball sucked with three women whose asses were this wide that couldn't make it up and down the court, and I'm being literal. You can call that sexist. I don't care. But if it was a fat dude, I'd say the same thing. Asses this wide, couldn't run up and down the court. Go watch the tape. So anyway, I don't blame LeBron. I'm not mad at LeBron. LeBron is doing absolutely what he should be doing because, well, frankly, you got to. Everybody's looking for an edge. Everybody's looking for a sliver, a crack. And that's what you have to do in the NBA. Quarterbacks are all the rage in the NFL, huh? If I said the name Carson Wentz, Carson Wentz, what would you think immediately? What comes to mind? Flop? religious, Colts, hard knocks, what comes to mind? I think good guy. Traders Point Christian Church is a church that I go to. I went on a religious walk about a couple of years ago. I told the priest in confession, look, I've been Catholic my whole life. I don't know. I'm getting divorced. My dad died. I'm, you know, I don't know. I'm fornicating. I don't know. All I know is this, life was a little bit wild for me during my divorce years because when you're 48 or 50, whatever I was when I got divorced, here's the deal, and you got a job and you look like this, you go to the head of the line. I mean, it's everyone from 25-year-olds to 70-year-olds coming at you. Boom, 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 boom. So I told the priest, I got to slow down. I'm going on a religious walkabout. He goes, what are you doing, Dan? I go, "Ah, I don't know. I'm going to test out different religions. And the guy told me, that's great. Ended up at Traders Point Christian Church. Good. A couple years later, three, whatever, here comes Carson Wentz. I'm just standing there, minding my own business. And Wentz comes in with his kids, and he seemed like a great guy. Then I went to dinner one night with my wife. We go out like once a year. She dresses sexy. You know what I mean? Pushes them up, puts it on. You know what I'm saying? And I act like, you know, I'm the senator. Nice dinner. Uh, Prime 47, Carson Wentz and his wife are in there, and they seem like nice people. So I've always liked Carson Wentz. Boy, was that a roundabout way to get to Carson Wentz and me liking him. However, he just signed with the Rams. Now, I got to tell you, good for him. Still lives in Indy. Lives out in Holiday uh, Farms or whatever the new uh, uh, area is that's really, really nice. 
So he went to the Colts, and Frank Reich did what Frank Reich does. He screwed the pooch. No chance. They shared Bible verses. That was all a fraud. Then Carson Wentz went to Washington. That didn't work out. And now Wentz, who was sitting out wearing his letterman's jacket, is now going to the Rams. And good for Wentz. Really good for Wentz and good for the Rams. They got a good dude. You may not like Carson Wentz as a football player. That's on you. I'm sure you were third-team all-conference, and I'm sure your opinion is strong, but I don't care. So Wentz goes there. Listen to this. I don't know what's what with Aaron Rodgers, but Aaron Rodgers has made it a little bit clear that he's going to play in, quote, a couple of weeks. Really? Aaron Rodgers coming back from an Achilles. Hey, look, I'd never say this. Because I'm not drug guy. I mean, I'll take a nice Percocet when I'm in pain, but I ran out and they made the law so much more difficult now, I can't stand it. I mean, just give me the Perkies. Anyway, I'm not drug guy. I'm not hallucinogen guy. I'm not mushroom guy. I'm not weed guy. I'll tell you why. Because I figured I'd like it all. I, I do. I figured I'd like it all. Never smoke weed in college because I'm like, yeah. Actually, I just lied to you. I did one time. I'll tell you what I did one time. I went with a cheerleader to her sorority dance. I didn't like the girl. We had talked earlier. She's like, yeah, I hate guys that smoke weed. I go to this uh, Brown County Inn, big party. Dudes are smoking weed. I can see she's looking at me, so I take a puff. I blew out. She got mad. We left the party. I dropped her off. I was dressed up nice. So I went clubbing, baby. Yeah, I did. I was at Jake's breakdancing on my head by midnight. Ha! Anyway, I'm not psychedelic drug guy. Nah, nah. Can't do it, won't do it, would like it too much. I'm sitting around in that beer guy. But you got to pitch in for Aaron Rodgers. If Aaron Rodgers comes back this year at his age from an Achilles tendon tear, that man needs to sell whatever it is he's taking, package it, go on McAvee's show, partner up with whoever produces it and just sell it. And I would buy it because let me tell you something. I'm all aches and pains. I'm all aches and pains. I'm all aches and pains. I'll take anything not to be in pain. It'd be nice to be back in a couple weeks. It's probably not anywhere near a realistic timeline. Could be a few, could be a lot. It's more of a phase that didn't have a specific timeline. I said it smiling and joking. Yeah, you did, but I saw him walking. See, my brother and numerous friends tear their Achilles because my brother and numerous friends thought it'd be a good idea to play basketball in their 40s and 50s. The dumbest thing you can do in your 40s and 50s, other than get divorced, is play basketball because you're going to tear a knee, tear an Achilles, and Achilles is worse. My brother, quote, was chasing a Jewish lawyer off a downscreen at the Jewish Community Center, the JCC, in the Indies Lawyer League when he pulled his or tore his Achilles. Now, we reenacted it. Here goes the, quote, Jewish lawyer off a screen going about, oh, I don't know, 0.5 miles an hour, and my brother chasing him going 0.4 miles an hour off of a screen that isn't set by some fat guy who's a lawyer for the defense, and he tore his Achilles. I'm like, yeah, that's it for me, pal. No more basketball, nothing. 
except a little softball. And I got good Achilles. I shouldn't say that because I used to stretch them every day while Coach Knight yapped. We had a board that went like this, and every day I would stretch them. So I think my Achilles are good, but you know what's going to happen now that I said that. You know, I'm going to be down and out here in about two minutes. Anyway, back to the quarterbacks. So now you got now you got Rodgers talking about possibly coming back. And don't think he doesn't mean it because that's all cryptid what he said there. You've got Carson Wentz going and playing again. And Will Levis, ladies and gentlemen, Will Levis, it was announced yesterday, is going to be the starting quarterback of the Tennessee Titans. What? I thought they drafted Malik. Uh, Willis, what? Bad draft. That was a long soliloquy I just gave you. Bad draft. You spent a third-round pick and a guy who couldn't play. Now, look, maybe he can play. Maybe he'll play in a different system. I don't know, but I do know this. I do know that Will Levis looks like the real thing, except I'm going to tell you this. Everybody says he's got a rocket for an arm. And maybe he does. But I'm watching the other day. He threw balls from this hash to that sideline that had humps on him. He threw balls that went down the middle of the field that weren't popping. Now, I'm sure I'm wrong about this. Everybody tells me I'm wrong, and then all of a sudden, about a year later, they're like, you know, Donkic, you're absolutely right. Of course I'm right, because I study this. This is my job. I do things so you don't have to. If you're if you're smart, you've got your phone, and you've got this, and you're like, oh, okay. Uh, boom, Dockage said, what? Yes, we're going to put that in our phone. All right? We're going to do that. All right? Okay. There you go. All right. Yeah, there it is. Okay. That's all you need to do. You don't need to do anything else. I do the work for you. I do the heavy lifting, lifting gritty. I, I do. Hey, by the way, gritty, Indiana basketball. Like, Indiana basketball used to like to talk real. So they got a kid named Gabe Cups, who's a nice player. Played well last night. Indiana basketball fans love the next white guy, man. Oh, you're racist, Doc. It's, look, I, I don't know. I was that white guy. When I was a freshman, I was starting. Next thing you know, eight bazillion girls are hanging out around our dorm floor. Reed Curry 2. Come party with the animals. The Curry 2 Zoo. Reed Center. Come party with the animals. I'm starting. We beat Purdue. Next thing you know, every little girl on campus is sniffing around Reed Curry 2. I left my door open just in case something got sassy. Next thing you know, my room is packed. And I didn't like my room being packed because I I always think somebody's getting over on me and going to steal all my stuff. I didn't have any stuff, but I thought they were going to steal it anyway. Anyway, Indiana's always liked the white guy. The little white guy, Damon Bailey, Steve Alford, the list is on. uh, Will Will she? The list is endless. So the most recent white guy is this guy, Gabe Cups. Look good. But here's what you do as a coach. Simple. As a coach, you go, all right. Played great in a stretch against mid-major team, bad mid-major team, Florida Gulf Coast. Here's what your coach should be saying, people, no matter what team you're a fan of, all right? Maybe he's a mid-major player. Maybe he's a really good mid-major player. 
You don't jump up and down, stand on your head and crap snowballs because a guy played well against Florida Gulf Coast without their best player picked ninth in their conference. You don't do that. You wait. You watch. You see. That's what a coach does. And that's what Indiana fans used to like to talk about. Now Indiana fans have got to say he's the greatest. I got people up my backside saying, you're a hater. How am I a hater? I'm just giving you what a coach. Indiana fans, you're starting to suck. You're starting to piss me off. Don't piss me off, Indiana fans, because I'll beat you. I will. I'll just start walking around campus and look at all you effeminate males and you little girls that are dressed up like comic strip weirdos, and I'll beat you. I'll just beat you. Oh, my God, Dockage says he's going to beat up campus. Dana's going to write a movie on it. Now, shut up, all of you. Anyway, that's the deal. Indiana used to have a fan base that wanted real sports talk. Now Indiana wants a fan base that says, Dockage, you're just so mean. You're, you're just so mean. What coach wouldn't want Gabe Cups on their team? High basketball IQ plays hard selfless was a key factor in a 14-year-old run without worrying about a stat. But instead, you go, IU fans, the next white. Yeah, I do. 100%. I do. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I'm just telling you. Absolutely. I'm telling you how a coach thinks. You're talking about how a blogger boy thinks. Next! Here's the deal. (sighs) Angel Reese. This was the easiest call ever. Angel Reese won a game, tried to be ghetto with her little eyelashes. She talked about being ghetto. She's about anything but ghetto. But, hey, look, you got to get down for the cause. We all get that. You know, here's the deal. Angel Reese spent the entire offseason taking off her clothes, putting her finger in her mouth, posing for uh, uh, swimsuit magazines, everything you can, telling us how great she is, blah, 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 blah. You all don't even know who Angel Reese is, do you? She's a basketball player at LSU who beat uh, the girl Caitlin Clark at Iowa and acted like a complete idiot in doing so, and then really acted like a complete idiot afterwards. Look, she's being paid billions of dollars. You don't think I can call her an idiot? Good for you. You're racist, man. You called African-American girl an idiot. Well, I got to tell you, there are a lot of African-American girls that are idiots. There are a lot of white girls that are idiots. I'm also going to tell you there are a lot of white dudes that are idiots, and there's a lot of white African-American dudes that are idiots. So if you don't like it, don't be an idiot, because I am the judge of what are idiots. Yes, I am. I sit here. Where's my hat? I sit here on my throne and dictate policy on who's an idiot. Angel Reese was an idiot. Complete dumbass. Wore a crown on her head before she played a game. Just a complete dumbass. So they get beat by Colorado. And, of course, her teammate decided it was a good thing that she, ladies and gentlemen, was going to write lyrics about 9-11 because she's a rapper, yo. Oh, my God, the level of stupid out of people is un-effing believable. Look at my ring. I got a ring. Yay. I'm so ghetto. Yay. All right. Uh, Mike Young says it couldn't happen to a worse group of people. I mean, look, that mulky lady is a freaking fool. Angel Reese is a fool. I mean to tell you, they'll probably win another national championship, but when you do it like you're fool, then you are a fool. So there you go. I'm just telling, I have have very limited respect for Mulkey. I'm I'm sure she's a very nice lady, but she's scrappy. (laughs) 
<laughs> She's the Adam Schefter of women's basketball. Uh, Kirk Berner says, general reminder, that Angel Reese deserves to lose every game they play this year. Well, Kirk, you're going to be very disappointed because they're going to win most of their games and they're going to act like idiots because that's who they are. I'm just saying, you can get mad, glad, angry, sad, but that's who they are. They're complete dumbasses. Uh, Monkey says, uh, LSU got to get off social media and get back to work. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. But it doesn't matter. It's a game like in France or somewhere. And really, I, pl- I applaud ESPN for shoving women's basketball down our throat. But I got to tell you, uh, wake me up when Caitlin Clark comes on because she's awesome to watch. Angel Reese, eh, I don't know what to tell you. You know, I know we weren't allowed to say that. I know we're not. I know, I know, I know. But I'm just telling you. Guy says, what, what does White have to do with uh, Guy at IU? Please. Please. I mean, don't even try. I mean, Indiana, you love the white guys. Uh, Daniel says, imagine waking up and choosing to be bitter about one of the best players on the floor last night. Okay. Here's what I said. Cups played well for a stretch last night. Indiana fans are always going to be in love with the new white guy. But as a coach, here's what needs to be seen. Is he just a good mid-major player? He played well against a bad mid-major. Hate away, IU fans. I know you won't understand. Yeah. Anyway, you want me to tell you? Guy played well. Looks like a nice kid. Friends with LeBron James. Big social media presence. But as a coach, and I try to educate, I'm not Greg Doyle here fornicating married women. I am an educator, and I will tell you, eh, you got to play. You got to play against the good teams. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's good to be at Indiana and just play against Florida Gulf Coast. Eh. Something to do, as Benetti and I would always say. By the way, we got to get Benetti on. I think Benetti's big-timing us. I'm going to have to slap him around, oh, just for a second. Hey, uh, Jake Dickard said something. He's the coach at Washington State. That really sucks. And he's right. He's really right. Listen to this. In today's world, you can no longer – Say passion and spirit are going to get you by anymore. I mean, it's just completely the real, the NIL that matters. He's right. He's right. And the facts are Washington State, we're way behind, not even competitive in some aspects of the NFL, right, in recruiting. These kids tell you what they're getting, you know, so Oregon State probably has us by 10 times. Arizona by 20. I mean, USC, Washington, Oregon, who even knows? It's a whole new plant. It's part of what we need, and it's very, very important. In three weeks, it's going to be open target season on our players. What he means, and this is what sucks about college athletics, and I know that guys, that they wanted this. This is what they wanted. But in three weeks, the transfer portal is going to open. So every single guy, every guy, every guy, everyone, Everyone, everyone that plays and is mad at a Washington State, not going into a conference in Oregon State, is going to be, if not already, will be contacted, listen to this, by other schools, offered money to transfer in three weeks. 
Now, season's not really going to be over. I mean, I don't consider the college football season over until the end of the bowl season. Not the college football playoff, but the bowl season, because let's be honest, half the teams make it into a bowl. I don't consider it over until at minimum then. Now, three weeks is Thanksgiving, so I get it. You're going to say it's the end of the regular season, and that's good, but that's crap. No, it's total crap. I get that we're supposed to kiss the ass of players. I get that you all think that every player that scores uh, no points or goes on a 14-0 run against Florida Gulf Coast at home is a great player. I get that's what people think. I do, I swear. I do. But I got to tell you, it sucks. It doesn't just suck for the coaches. It sucks for the other players on the team, players that are loyal. You know, people go back to 1985 when I was a player. It's 100 years ago. We had a bad year at Indiana. Worst year, Bob Knight's deal. And all we did was have guys that were acting like idiots. Knight had to suspend Winston Morgan. Had to suspend Mike Gilman. He didn't suspend Morgan. He just benched him because he was an idiot. He had to suspend Mike Gilman. I mean, we had all this crap going on, and I got affected by it. This is why I hate it. You know, the writer, the reporter, the guy, they don't care. It doesn't affect them. The coach is who they point at. Well, he's making millions figured out. It's not the coach that gets affected here. It's the other players in the program that have worked their brains off, come up with a few guys. Now you think you're going to get this program in a position to be good, and next thing you know, here comes the schools with a lot of money that take these guys away, and now the 100 guys that have been in the program or the 80 guys that have been in the program get screwed because the NIL money came in and they took the two or three, five, ten, whatever, best players from your program that you worked with, and they're gone. And this is what idiots on TV don't understand. This is what people that say, well, college athletes deserve to get paid. I don't care what the consequences are. Don't understand. It's crap. And I'm not saying players shouldn't get paid, but I've also told you forever that players have always been paid. I got paid at Indiana. What was my payment? A scholarship. I didn't have to work in the summer like my brother did. I've told the story. My brother top bunk, me bottom bunk. He had to get up 4.35 o'clock every day to go to Lansing, Illinois, work in the Scotland warehouse. I would look, I would crawl over, I would look, I go, hey man, you should have practiced more. I would turn, he would punch me, and he would go to work. Simple. That's payment to me. Maybe not to you. Maybe not to Caleb Williams. Maybe not to Slapdick Johnny or Joey Bag of Donuts that thinks that they should get more money. But it was to me, and it was when I didn't have to pay $26,000 for a semester for my son to go to Michigan when John Beeline was nice enough to give him a scholarship. $26,000 is payment to me. Hopefully it would be to you. Look, in Biden economics, $27,000, doesn't even get you a good shopping day. Can't even buy a house. Can't even put a down payment on a house. So I don't care if players get paid, but these idiots that you see on TV that tell you, well, the coach should figure it out. No, it's not the coach. It isn't. It's the freaking players that get screwed by this. And I'll tell you something else. I saw this stat. Don't know if it's true. 75% of guys that transfer have worse careers than where they transferred. Could be wrong. Don't know where I saw it. Maybe I read it wrong. But it's stuck in my head for like a year now. And by the way, when I push my hair up, my skin goes up. It feels much better on my face. Anyway, I got to tell you. This is where I get so pissed off at idiots and fans, idiots on TV, fans that don't understand. Hey, look, 
I got to hear about 1985 and all the shit that we were as a team. But I did everything right. I showed up every day. I busted my ass, blah, 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 blah. But you can't win in the Big Ten in those days if you don't have at least seven or eight guys. And when a couple of your best players, guys that helped us beat Michael Jordan and them, get kicked off or suspended because they're idiots, it affected me and Uve. That's something I just don't understand. Allen Henderson broke his knee. It affected Calvert Cheney. People say you didn't win national championship. Well, it wasn't because he wasn't good enough or the team wasn't good enough. Their best player got hurt. The crack pipe is on in the world that we live in. It really is. Man. All right. We're going to talk college football playoffs with Trey Wallace. I'm saying Michigan should not be allowed in the college football playoff. We'll hear from Trey Wallace next. Man, I'm fired up. Sack the hell up and don't go anywhere. Don't at me. We'll be right back after this. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Gritty, I know you love when I talk Susie Rotten Crotch, Joey Bag of Donuts at all. Susie was a college girlfriend of mine, a little stanky. But anyway, hey. Let's get right into it, Trey Wallace. It came out yesterday. I'm saying this. I've talked to enough Big Ten coaches and ex-Big Ten coaches to know this. They all believe there is so much evidence against Michigan that one guy said, hey, Dan, this should be a 10-year show cause. Uh, D-Day is coming apparently today, maybe tomorrow. I'm saying if there's evidence, Michigan should be out of the college football playoff, period. I'm not letting this happen This year, I'm not waiting, as McAfee said, to 2023. What say you? I say that as long as the NCAA, Dan, good morning to you, has been around, uh, we have seen due process play out in regards to manners involving cheating, recruiting violations, paying players, whatnot. I could go on. I think in this situation, I think we are going to see the Big Ten make the move, the NCAA is going to continue to investigate, and that will lead into 2024. That will take its time. And then I think the NCAA will end up ruling. By the way, on two different cases that's going on right now with Michigan, not one, two. You got to remember the recruiting violations from COVID. This does go against them as well. I think we're in a spot right now, Dan, that – Here's where, here's where it's going to set it up. I'm just going to lay it out for you, and this is probably how it's going to go. Big Ten gave Michigan until tonight to give them a response. Uh, came from over the weekend meeting. Multiple sources have confirmed kick. We have confirmed it. Our reporting over the last week, two weeks, has been spot on. When I look at this tonight and I say, okay, if Michigan's going to come back with a statement, let's just say uh, around 6 o'clock tonight, something like that, whatever, we'll just say that. I think then what happens is that the Big Ten turns around, in my opinion, 
I think they're going to say, okay, we're going to take a minute. We're going to go over this. That minute might be 24 hours. That minute might be 48 hours. Who knows? But I think the Big Ten comes back and then probably suspends Jim Harbaugh, and this is where it's going to play in the Big Ten's favor, okay? Big Ten's going to suspend Jim Harbaugh, potentially, potentially. But then Big Jim Harbaugh is going to take this thing to court, and he's probably going to get an injunction. So what happens is Big Ten Commissioner Tony Petrie is sitting here saying, well, hey, guys, I did what you guys asked. I looked into it. I suspended him. I cannot help the United States court system if he gets an injunction that says he can coach. I do know that whatever punishment the Big Ten hands down Michigan, that's it. No appeal. If you go further than three games on this, if you go, I'm sorry, if you go further than two games on this thing, Dan, you got to get approval by representatives of the Big Ten faculty, some ADs that are thrown in there, whatnot. So if Tony goes three games or goes season, he has to get approval for it. You feel where I'm going here? If he only goes two games, that falls underneath the sportsmanship policy. He doesn't need to get full approval for it. Either way, this darn thing is ending up in court. I do not I do not believe you punish the football players on the field. I'm talking about J.J. McCarthy uh, for the Heisman. I'm talking about the seniors that have been in that program for five years who have a damn strong team this year who probably going to end up in the college football playoff. I just, in my personal gut, is if you're going to let the game play out with everybody else in the NCAA and you're going to give them their time, Why in the hell are you rushing this in three weeks to get this done? Let the Big Ten handle that part, not the NCAA. And by the way, the CFP commissioner last night, or Boo Corgan, the chair last night, said, hey, it ain't a CFP issue. We ain't worried about it. So everybody's going to have their feelings on it. But right now, I feel like due process should be handed out, knowing at the same time the Big Ten is probably about to do something. Yeah, yeah I, I think people think due process means time. Like, right. I've always said, you know, you, you can't, you know, you, you can work efficiently just because a guy gets up at five in the morning and works till 10 at night doesn't mean it's official. I, I say this, I, it, and I'd be curious if you'd agree with this. This isn't a court of law, the way the NCAA and the way schools actually yeah. do this. The way schools do this with their coaches is go, look, here's what we're saying you did wrong. Prove that you didn't. Like, in a court of law, you got to prove, you know, guilt. No, no, no. We're bringing you in here because this is what you did. And I'm interested to see, and I agree with everything you said. I think this is a court thing. Except that I do think that if they have the evidence and Michigan has an answer that's satisfactory, then I got to follow the guidelines of suspension that you talked about, Trey. And I got to do that. Or if Michigan did satisfy it, then I'm saying, screw you all. I don't care what public opinion is. I'm not suspending them. But like my sister and my brother were both prosecutors. It's not whether you want this or that. It's you go where the evidence takes you if you're any good at an investigation. And here's the thing about the NCAA, Dan, is, and, and we both know this, brother, is that it, it, you, you've got that nine. If they, if they gave Michigan a notice of allegations today, 
Here's your notice of allegations. Here's what we have uncovered in three weeks, which would be the fastest damn NCAA investigation in the history of college athletics. But if they did that, you still got to give them 90 days to respond. So this is where the Big Ten comes into play in this whole situation. The Big Ten, Tony Petitri, he doesn't need 90 days. He can hand out something tomorrow and be like, okay, that's it. We're good. This is what's going to happen. You might hate me. This is where we're going here. Blah, blah, blah. But the fact is on that part, as like I said before, where I have been told Michigan has lawyers ready to go, ready to, if they file a suspension, Michigan lawyers will be ready at a courthouse somewhere, probably in Detroit, if I would imagine, ready to lay down an injunction, file a motion in court, and have him on the sidelines against Penn State. Now, I'm very interested, Dan, if they make this decision between tomorrow and Saturday. Could the Big Ten mess around, come back with it? I'm just throwing this out there. I don't think it's going to happen, but I just want to preface everything that could. They could go back Sunday after the game against Penn State and say, hey, man, you're, you're suspended against Maryland. You know, you're you're – we're going to spend you one game against Maryland. And people are going to be like, wait a minute, what? You suspended him against Maryland, but he could come back for Ohio State? I'm just saying this is a massive decision for Tony Petitri in the Big Ten. Uh, they have to know that you were about to piss off the biggest moneymaker, one of, besides Ohio State, biggest moneymaker in the conference. Television rights, all that good stuff, media, you're about to piss them off, and you ain't going to repair that relationship anytime soon. You're going to have to stick with your guns on this thing. And I don't envy, Dan, a guy that's been on the job for nine freaking months <laughs> having to make this massive decision. So it, it, it everything has led up to this. And by the way, I, I don't know if we were going to go down this road or not, but I'm just going to come out and say it. The stuff that came out yesterday regarding Purdue, uh, regarding Ohio State, you know, Rutgers, them in the Big Ten title game, you know, handing off signals and whatnot and sharing signals. That's a smoke screen for Michigan, folks. That is the Absolutely. University of Michigan, Absolutely. Michigan putting out information. Um, and not and not the reporters doing a bad job. I want to phrase this the right way. Not the reporters doing a bad job, but Michigan coming out and saying, Hey, you guys are looking here. Why don't y'all look over here at the same time? You know, so there's a battle going on yeah. right now. And we've reported oh, yeah. on it out kick. Both sides we have reported on. We know what's out there. I know what I talked to a Big Ten coach this morning. I know what they had during that Big Ten title game. But to me, it felt like, hey, this is some signals that they went to Denny's and they sat down at a table and said, hey, just by the way, like we noticed this during the game. So maybe you can use it if you want to. By the way, that happens everywhere in college football. This is not something groundbreaking. The other part of this, there's a huge difference between sharing something over a stake in between a University of Michigan personnel employee going to a darn game or having people go to a game <laughs> and filming it with your iPhone. I just, you know. Whatever. I'm trying to set you up hey. for what's to come, and that's what's to come, my brother. Hey, man, I coached for a long time. and one of the You know what I'm talking about. 
Yeah, like, I mean, you, it, you just look at the film and you see. I would call my, I would tell my, uh, my players, my players, Brandon Parton, who watches this show, he would call out the play. I remember one time against Illinois, uh, I told one of their players where to go on their set. I go, man, you're supposed to go out that way. You're coming this way. You're supposed to go out that way. Coach was yelling at him. Lou Henson was yelling at him. And I knew the guy, and I'm like, hey, man, go that way. He goes, how you know that? I go, come on, man. We scout the hell out of you. What are you talking about? Yeah, that's all crap. That's all complete crap. Uh, and, and you probably talked to and, and you probably talked to I had, a, I had a coach bring this up to me as well, too, uh, in college football. On a Sunday, if they're not playing the team they just played any time in the near future, or they're playing an upcoming right. opponent, sometimes they're gonna they're gonna talk. They're going to talk about signals. What'd you notice here? What do you think about this squad? You got anything on that squad to help us out? Well, well, let me, let me stop you on that real quick. Here's the thing. Yeah. And this is what you're saying. And I've said this, and I want to go back to a couple things that you said first, that part of it, you know, it amazes me. People think things happen in a vacuum. You know, people (laughs) think that I'm here. I don't talk to this person. People think now, Tony Petit, people think, well, it doesn't matter that whether it's Michigan or Indiana, they should be treated the same. Yeah, in theory, they should be, but let's talk real. It doesn't happen in a vacuum. Michigan is probably the best football team in the country. Probably. Agreed. I mean, if they lose Agreed. this week, they're not. So they're the best football. Big Ten understands the ramifications of that. The money for in Indiana, the money for in Illinois. So these, to your point, this, these things just don't happen in a vacuum. You're not just right here. Uh, how do you think guys get relationships and end up getting hired on other staffs? They have relationships with guys, and next thing you know, one of the guys becomes a head coach, and you're coaching with them. It's insane to me how people don't understand this. It's insane to me how folks don't realize that there are probably four or five Michigan staffers that have really darn good relationships with four or five Ohio State staffers. Of course. Of course. They talk about this stuff, guys. They talk about it all the time. This is, you know what I mean? Like they think it, they think because you work for one school, you can't talk to another. I'm sorry. These guys have personal lives. I would call a couple big 10 coaches that were friends of mine. Hey man, you going to the peach jam? Hey man, you going to Vegas? Uh, yeah, when are you going to be there? All right, let's go get some beers. I'm going to be at the night session over here. Or guys would call me and say, hey, Doc, wh- wh- where are you going to be? I'm going to be in a peach sand. Where are you going to be? All right, I'm staying here. Let's go get a beer after. You know, or, or, hey, man, I'll be up in the corner sitting there. We'll sit all day. Bo Ellis, who was a coach at Marquette, and I, this is a true story. We went to so many AAU games together. Now, Bo was a big, was the most valuable player of the NCAA tournament, One in, in, like a legendary player. We would sit there, and he would make the line for an AAU game. Who do you think is going to win, Bo? All right, I got the green team. I'll give you three and a half. Like, okay, that's what we would do. I mean, you, it's just stupid to act like people don't do those things. It's dumb. It's stupid. And that's, and that's where I have, you know, and that's where you have to, as a, as a fan and as, as a, whatever, as somebody that reads either, whether it's our website or somebody else's website or listens to you in the morning, Dan, or listen to whatever, listen to hot mic in the afternoon, you have to understand where it's, it's not being thrown out there 
you know, for propaganda against one school. It, this is just what goes on in college athletics, you know, and, and, and I'm not talking about the sign stealing thing, you know, you know, and how Connor Stallions did it. I'm talking about in real life. Like, that's how it goes. These right. coaches contact each other. They talk. They share signals. They do this type of thing. There is a complete and opposite difference between what Michigan did and what the coaches at these other schools did with like a Google Doc sheet and sharing something. And 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 by the way, if they broke rules with that, with a Google Doc sheet and sharing some of the signal against me, it will be investigated. It will be investigated the same way the Big Ten's looking at this. But you have to understand in this decision. In this decision, it does not pertain to the Michigan Stein signal stealing allegations and how they did it. Doesn't pertain to it, so it doesn't matter to it right now. So we just have to separate right. that. And that's all I ask. Separate what's going hey, on Trey, in your mind. Trey, you and I last year at this same time would talk about the college football playoffs and the announcement of the four teams, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. And I've yeah. always said this, and I, I remember you agreed with this. Look, I mean, I know we got to talk about it, and I know you have to, but this always plays itself out. Michigan's going to play Ohio State. Oregon probably going to play Washington again. Alabama yep. going to play Georgia. I mean, it just plays itself out. But the interesting one, and this is just for conversations, if Texas and Alabama both went out, I think that's fun. I think that might throw a wrench. I think that's where we get pure blown chaos between two teams yeah. that are going to be colleagues uh, in about eight months. Yeah, uh, in the Southeastern yeah. Conference, I think I think that that's the kicker there because, like you said, Oregon, Washington, all roads are leading to a Pac-12 title game. Uh, you got Michigan, Ohio State. You've got the Big Ten title game. Anything can happen. By the way, Florida State looks like they're going to run the table, so they're set in stone. The big the only wrench that I'll throw in there, I'm going to throw you another wrench heading out and into the weekend. Yeah. If Lane Kiffin goes to Athens this weekend with the number 19 ranked in the country and somehow beats Georgia, who is beatable this year? Nobody's done it yet, but right. they are beatable this right. year. Let me tell you something. That wrench is just thrown into the pile by the <laughs> yes. Rebels and Lane Kiffin. And you thought it was crazy with one loss teams now? I'm just saying, right. watch out for old Lane Kiffin if he pulls the upset this weekend. It could get a little crazy and next I, week. And I'm rooting for him. I just like, I don't know him. I've never met him. He's got a punchable face. But I tell you what, I just kind of like him. Hey, I got to run, my friend. Good talk. Thanks for clearing up a lot of crap, my man. Absolutely, my brother. Keep doing you. We'll talk soon. All right, there he goes. As my friend Mark Packer used to say, off he goes. Off he goes. Check out the Trey Wallace podcast on OutKick, OutKick.com, our OutKick YouTube channel. We go from the beast to beauty. That's right. I said it and I meant it. Kelly in Vegas joins us. Hey, look, IU fans, what the hell? Here's the deal. If you don't like it, shut up because you're sounding stupid. All right, I got some bets for you. All bets are off. I ended up winning last night. Two things. One, I won the Ohio game. I live bet it when they were down three. Two, I took Indiana. I got Indiana like minus two uh, when they were down by six. I'm just a live betting fool. The road to 100,000 started at 1,500. It's now at 1,300. That ain't the right road. It ain't the road to deficit. 
It's supposed to be the road to success, glory, and I don't know, hookers and blow. What do I know? We'll be right back. Kelly in Vegas next. That's it. I got to take a break. We'll be right back with more on Don't At Me across the Outkick Network. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real Steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. I'm not going to lie. My street cred Halloween went up, went way, way, way up. I mean, look at this. This, I don't understand. I don't know what happened. Like all of a sudden I woke up and it's this, like 10 years. But on Halloween at Clay Travis's house, Kelly in Vegas and Ariel Epstein, we were chatting. And I could see all the guys looking like, Double D, you're the man. Yeah, I was. You gave me street cred. Thank you. <laughs> uh, you're welcome. Listen, we were just having a great time being attached to one another. So it only was fitting that we uh, discuss all of the fun things because you're at Clay Travis's Halloween party. There's uh, no holes barred. Hey, I had to tell the guy, I, I, we brought a bottle of wine for Clay and I forgot and I had to go back in the kitchen. And you know, those dudes are jumping out at you. I told the guy, I go, look, don't jump at me because I'll crap my pants and drop the wine. Just let me put this on the kitchen table. Leave me alone. And he was pretty nice. He was laughing. He's like, man, you know, I don't know. Hey, I got to ask you something. Uh, you put yourself out there. You put yourself out there with your picks. You're not afraid to put yourself out there. And as we all know, on social media, uh, when you put yourself out there, you get crushed. You can win eight in a row, but if you pick a bad one, next thing you know, you're all kind of different names. You catch a lot of hate on social media. Oh, listen, you're going to catch hate no matter what you do. And it's easy to hate on social media because you're behind a keyboard and a computer screen or a cell phone. You never catch hate in public. Are you kidding me? Always expect mm. like... Whenever I meet people, I was at the airport in Austin last weekend, and I was not feeling the greatest. We'll leave it at that. My aunt and I went to the uh, football game, and then we went out afterwards, and I met so many nice people. And I have a feeling that if any one of those people didn't like me or hated me or whatever reason, not a single one of them would have the guts to come up and tell me in person. I, you know what I always get? I get so much hate, even to my alma mater, Indiana, and guys will, I can see it. I, I got hit in the head with a beer bottle a long time ago, so I got my head on a swivel in bars, and I can see when a guy's going to be a jackass, right? So I always kind of confront it, and I always move towards him, and what I always get is one of two things. One, guy being really nice, or two, guy going, man, Dan, I didn't know you were that big in person. I'm like, yeah, I can always smell a jackass. Can you smell out a jackass when you're somewhere? You know, I, um, I'm always nice to people when I go out. But when we were in Nashville, there was a couple of guys, I wore this hot pink jacket out 
And I'm not single, but Ariel is. So I try to be a good wingman. And the guy comments something and I just looked right at him and I just walked up to the bar. I'm like, I, I don't need a free drink that bad. Right. It is funny because there are times where yes, but also I think you're right. You are a big man. Uh, and I'm a really small woman. So I also think that there is something to that as well. Like, what are they going to do? I mean, I can't I can't right. put my dukes up and fight them. You, on the other hand, I don't know if I'd want to get in a fist fight with Dan Dakish. No, not anymore. My wife told me one time when a guy was being a jerk, and I go, look, man, I, go, I can end this any way you want, but one of them is going to be really bad for you. And the guy kind of mf'd me and walked away right Ugh. and my wife looks at me now you met my wife my wife goes you know dan i'm sure there was a day when you could do that but you're 60 years old this ain't the day right i thought i was a hero i thought i was a knight in shining armor but no i was just an old man that if i got challenged i was going to get my ass beat according to my wife that was a sad moment kelly Sad. I Sad. think she was just trying to deter you. Your wife is the same size as me. Um, I probably need I to date somebody your size because I'm just as mouthy as you are. No, it's, uh, it's not great. All right, gambling. Let me ask you a couple questions. Um, if you were going to say that, and I don't know if you do this. A lot of people do, a lot of people don't. But if you were going to say my winning percentage, whether it's props, parlays, or straight up money line spread, whatever, overall, over the course of the year, I'm always curious about this with people that are very public with gambling. Two questions. One, do you keep track? Two, if you do keep track, do you have any idea what your win percentage is or isn't? Yes, actually, that's really interesting. I always tell people, I think it's very important to keep track, whether you use an app or whether you're old school like me and you have an Excel spreadsheet. So I do actually have <laughs> track of everything basically since 2015, mid 2015. Somebody told me, said, Kelly, you need to start keeping track because then you can figure out where you're hemorrhaging money, right? So that's when I figured out college football is my bread and butter. Then I started to realize, hey, maybe scale back on some of those NFL bets because you don't have the ability to win in the NFL. It is the most uh, regulated market. There are refs coming to play more than any other sports. And the bookmakers are so good because they know that a majority of people are going to bet on the NFL. So college basketball right now, not doing so hot. One and three to start the year. And that's why you alluded to the fact that uh, I was getting a little grief on uh, my Georgia pick the other night. But it is really fun. Uh, college football is by far my bread and butter. Was really slow to start off. I mean, three and four, two and five. Like, it was a really rough few weeks there in college football. But we really started clicking now. I hit another two outright underdogs. So we are sitting around 56.5%, on the season. Those outright underdog money line winners is really what gives me that nice little extra boost. Um, I actually need to update my spreadsheet from last week. Yes, I am tardy, and I will admit that. But, yeah, I think it's very important, Dan, for people, whether you're recreational, whether you want to be a professional, keep track. Because when you start figuring out where you're losing money, maybe don't place your bets there anymore. You know, the reason I asked you that was because I, I, uh, I got criticized today on Twitter for having you on. And not, not because of you losing or winning. The guy, I don't know why. Maybe the guy tried to hit on you or maybe the, the guy was, you know, I don't know. But all of a sudden, he's like, yeah, I don't like you because you're having Kelly and Vegas on it. But I'm like, wait a second. Well, you know, he didn't, you know. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. 
Uh, stop. Anyway, that's why, because it just hit me today, like out of the blue. This guy's mad because I'm having you on. And I'm like, he didn't mention losing or winning or shut up. Anyway. All right. You got any bets for us? I need a winner. I need a, I need something here, lady. Yeah, we've got quite a few games that are on my radar this weekend. Most notably, I've got to look at this Penn State team saying, all right, you just had a big conversation about what's going on at the University of Michigan. At some point in time, this does become a distraction for this team. Uh, hasn't lately, though, because they have absolutely owned Penn State. Look, this is going to be the toughest by far battle for the Wolverines this year. We know how good James Franklin has been against the spread 14 and two in his last 16 games. This is going to be an absolute dog fight. In my opinion, I think five is too many points. I like Penn state to get the outright win. Uh, and I will be putting a little bit on their money line. Uh, you know what? I, I, there's an 84% rule that if you take an underdog, uh, 84% of the time they, they win the game outright. It's a weird rule. Professional gambler told me that, and I thought, wow. All right, so you might as well go with both. You might as well take the points and the money line uh, if you believe. And I totally agree with you. As a guy that coached for 767 years, at some point, at some point, that stuff cracks into your team. What else you got? I'm actually going to be on TCU. Now, I know this one seems really, really gross, but I watched this Texas team in action last week. And while Malik Murphy uh, did not help his team by throwing two interceptions to the Wildcats, this is going to be his first true road test in the Big 12. But let's look at TCU this year. They have just faltered, starting with that Colorado game. It has been a fall from grace since last year's college football playoff. And rightfully so, this team had eight kids go to the NFL. Uh, TCU has dropped four of their last five uh, against the spread to the Longhorns. But I think this Lone Star showdown uh, is going to be really interesting. I'm getting 12 and a half here with TCU at Whoa. home. This is their last chance to get a win over Texas. Are they going to be able to win this game? We're going to find out. Uh, I've not decided if I think that they have the uh, offensive firepower to do so, but I can tell you this right now. I think Texas is uh, possibly on upset alert on Saturday. Hey, a side note. Do you think that we overblow, uh, overblown uh, Colorado because of their, uh, well, their win against TCU, and now you look at TCU and you're like, I think we may have overblown that victory a little bit. I, I don't know. All of college football betting is being overblown, Dan. That's what it is. I'm looking for overreactions <laughs> every single week. Was that an exciting <laughs> yeah. win? I mean, neither team could stop a nosebleed yeah. in that. If that wasn't a, uh, a, a, a red flag saying, hey, guess what? Colorado doesn't play any semblance of defense. I don't know what is. I think Colorado's a really unique um, situation, right? I think what Coach Prime is doing and trying to change the culture there in Boulder, I mean – when I was a little, little kid, my sister married a guy who was a Boulder grad. And I remember very vaguely when they won the national championship. And that was a long time ago. And this team has just really struggled, particularly once they went to the Pac-12. We'll see if he can't turn things around there. I kind of like this Colorado team this week, too. I don't know if I'm going to get to the window with them. They are kind of one of those Jekyll and Hyde kind of teams where, like we saw with USC, they were able to get there in the back door. Like we saw with UCLA. I'm not sure what we're going to see year two from Dion, but 
I think it's exciting to have uh, a coach be able to go in there year one, take advantage of the transfer portal, change the culture, and get fans excited. I mean, those, uh, Folsom Field hasn't been packed like that since the 90s. My mother taught me. She never told us how old she was. I, I didn't even know her birthday for a long time. But I am stunned, and I continue to be stunned when you told me how old you are that you're sitting here telling me you remember Colorado's national championship. That's like the upset of the century. That's like the 80 United States hockey team beating uh, freaking the Russians that you're that old. But I don't want to get into it because I don't want to get fired. What else you got? We got a couple other things on my long list uh, for this week. One that uh, I think a lot of people will be surprised about because I am a K-State grad. I do like the University of Kansas over Texas Tech. I laid three and a half with this team yesterday. Iowa State was really able to slow down Kansas uh, last week. I think the problem was I didn't get to watch that full game. So I had to go back and not only look at the box score, but check out some of the highlights. We're going to see Texas Tech, man. They, I, I was dead wrong on this team. We're just going to go ahead and say it. I thought they'd win eight games this year. I thought that they were a dark horse to win the Big 12. And, you know, now playing with their third string quarterback, this defense has some issues. I think Kansas should be able to go up and down the field on them. So I did lay the three and a half. What else you got? You got anything else? Yeah, I'm looking at Duke. I don't know if I'm going to get to the window with Duke over North Carolina. Ooh. But anytime in these big time rivalry spots, you kind of have to wonder. And look at teams and look at motivations. I don't know if Duke is built up to keep pace with North Carolina. But I can tell you this right now. The Tar Heels defense is so suspect that anybody has an opportunity to at least cover against this team. So I got a little bit more of a deep dive that I need to do prior to getting involved with them. But they are also on my long list as a possible outright winner. It is early on Wednesday morning. I do start my work um, Sunday night during the Sunday night football game. But I will say, Dan, this week is tough. This week is really tough. Last week, I had a ton of dogs that I liked. This week, I've got to do a lot more digging. Let me ask you something before I let you go. I know you got another hit coming up at the bottom of the hour. Um, I do this. Sometimes I do this. I say, all right, here's a game, and I'm going to give you an example. USC against Oregon, and I try to think, okay, what, what about the game? Okay, and in this game, I thought about this this morning. I bet the over-under somewhere around 80 points. The over-under 73 and a half. And I got to tell you, watching teams this weekend, whether it was Alabama, LSU, or nobody guarded until Jaden Jaden Daniels got hurt, and then watching USC play, I know they got a new defensive coordinator, but damn, 73 and a half seems low, which is ridiculous in a game like that. Am I way off on that, Kelly? Yeah, and the overs cashed 17 of the last 18 of USC's games. Are you kidding me? I would be terrified to take this under. But you know what? The bookmakers know if they make it too high, sharp money is going to come in on the under. So they kind of put it there right around where the number should be. That doesn't mean that I want to take any part of either side. But yeah, that one looks absolutely utterly terrifying. I tried to make a case for the Trojans last week against Washington. That defense, just another one I cannot trust. I kind of have to feel for Caleb Williams just a little bit there. All right, wait a second. Where where are you at with Caleb Williams jumping into the crowd and crying with his mother after the game? You can tell my, my voice I'm not having it. Where are you at? You're nice, ah. I'm not. 
I don't do well with men in emotion. Maybe you guys can blame my dad. Uh, it always makes me feel some weird type of way. Uh, listen, I think he's probably had a really frustrating season. I think he is probably given a lot, uh, but also I think his uh, ego has been shattered, right? You, you go from asking NFL teams for a share of, uh, of the team when you get drafted by them to now all of a sudden you've dropped four straight. Well, sorry, they should have lost to Cal four out of their last five. And that's not a fun place to be. Last year, he was probably on top of the world winning the Heisman. You know, I just kind of remind myself they're just kids. But at the same point in time, yeah, that was uh, that was a lot of crying for uh, a guy who is supposed to be the leader of his football team. Man, I got to tell you, I always go by if I were a teammate. I mean, I'd be like, hey, dude, I mean, what are we doing here? I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> well, Dan, <laughs> we all know. No, but we all know men are not allowed to be men anymore. They have just been absolutely crucified oh. for toxic masculinity. So probably there somewhere in Southern California, he was praised. I don't really know. No, I don't. I know he was praised. I mean, he was praised here because I said if the effeminate male has taken over football and I can't have it. I can't. I can't have it. There's got to be somewhere that dudes can just be dudes and should be dudes. I I, but I'm old and I'm going to die soon, so that's all right. You got anything else? Yeah, I'm going to take the Broncos yeah. on uh, on Sunday Ooh. night. It's gross. It's really, really, really gross. And I understand that nobody wants to join me, and I don't blame them. And that's just because I'm playing against the Buffalo Bills right now. This defense is hurt. It is a shell of its former self. They have not forced any turnovers, and this is the team – to force turnovers against. Uh, they also haven't covered uh, in their last five games. Two and three, a couple narrow victories against teams like the Giants and the Bucks. Hey, look, Denver is not anybody to write home about, but they are coming out of their bye week. They did have a nice win prior to that bye week against the Chiefs and even the week before to the lowly Packers. Hey, look, Sean Payton, I think he's trying to turn things around there in Denver. Seven and a half is too many. Ladies and gentlemen, not only does this woman get you covered on gambling, she knows what a slinky is. I asked her, I go, you know that thing that's that's holding you? And I'm like, there's no way these guys will know. Slinky. Pretty if strong, I know lady. that Colorado won a national championship in 1991, I, know, I think right. I know what a slinky is. You're right. You're right. You're right. That's again, I think it was... I think it was before you referenced your age. I'm like, how does this 22-year-old know what a slinky is, for crying out loud? I mean, what the hell are we doing? Hey, I know you're busy. It's Velvet Ropes. It's Bottle Service. It's Paparazzi. It's Kelly in Vegas, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks. You're awesome. Hey, thanks, Dan. How fun is that? I love Kelly in Vegas. Great time. You're just sitting there having drinks at Clay's house. My wife, Kelly, Ariel Epstein, just... You know, the beautiful people getting beautiful. It's what we do. But anyway, I, it's a big weekend in gambling. And I got to tell you, I don't know how you all feel about Penn State. Uh, but it does creep in eventually. Like, I remember Coach Knight throws a chair. He gets suspended. I remember reading an article on how fired up we're going to be because we're going to defend Coach Knight. I remember thinking, man, half our team is happy he's gone. The other half is asking me, what do we do? I'm like, I don't know. Uh, you know, it's just a weird, weird deal. But Michigan, hey, let's put this back up, can we? Because I've had some proud moments on Twitter and some disastrous moments, but I got to tell you, Connor Stallion's mother was mad at me 
during a Michigan broadcast, uh, 2021. Like, what? Shut up, Dockage. Please, not quite Dick Vitale level annoying, but close. Tomorrow, I think what I'll do is uh, I'll send tweets from the day, from like when I was announcing, like the cop in Iowa City, the state trooper that put a Facebook post asking for someone to shoot me if they brought a gun to Carver Hawkeye Arena. True story. He guy wanted to shoot me in Carver Hawkeye Arena. Now, look, I understand it. I may have been bad. You may not have liked it. But a police officer who, by the way, called me and apologized. And I'm like, look, dude, I, I accept your apology. No big deal. You can have, you know, whoever um, contact me and I'll, I'll defend you. But, dude, really shoot me in the head? He got fired. He got suspended for that. And then some years later... He got fired for other stupid stuff. What do I tell you? It's always the same people. It's always the same morons that do the same stupid stuff. Think Pac-Man Jones, Steve Howe back in the day. It is. It's unbelievable, but it is. So anyway, uh, Kelly in Vegas, I don't know why you guys hate so hard on her. Some guy was just crushing me today for even having her on. I don't know if the dude hit on her. I don't know if the dude knew her brother. Or I don't even know if she got a brother. I don't know if do her sister. I don't know. But it was a train wreck. I mean a train wreck uh, this morning. Guy called me a peasant, and there you go. All right. This is interesting. Marshall Falk, Hall of Fame running back. Marshall Falk made a great, great point. Marshall Falk said this about running backs. Now, I want you to listen to this. You know how running backs are devalued, or at least in their mind, they are devalued by the NFL and the general managers and the salary structure of the NFL. Listen to this. The position has been devalued by the position. The players and their willingness to come out of a game. When I first started playing this game, the guy behind me was good enough to get the job done. So I'm going to stay on the field as much as I can because I didn't want anybody else taking my damn job. That, ladies and gentlemen, is what I've been talking about. That is beautiful. It's called getting Wally Pipped. Hope you know the story. If you don't, you can look it up. Wally Pipped, first baseman of the Yankees, got sick. Lou Gehrig took his spot, became the Iron Man, set all-time records that were only broken about 10, 20 years ago, by 20-some years ago now, by Cal Ripken of consecutive games. You don't want to get Wally pipped. And that's exactly what Marshall Falk is saying. Marshall Falk is saying, hey, what in the hell are we doing? Why are you coming out of the game? It's just stupid. Damn, that's good stuff. I didn't get to all of Kelly's picks. I should have. Uh, let me see here. Yeah, I didn't get to him. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, it is What the Hell Wednesday. Here we go. What the Hell Wednesday, Dylan? Four men have been charged in the theft of a satirical golden toilet. That's right. Uh Uh-oh. Wait a second. Did I miss something? Hold on. Yeah, there you go. At Churchill's birthplace. So Churchill had himself 
a golden throne. Four men were charged with, listen to this, the theft of an 18-carat gold toilet, a toilet, a crapper. That's what he, they tried to steal. It was where Churchill was born. The toilet, listen to this, where you take a dump, where you pee. My toilet's got a ring around it that Lee and I got to go buy a stone for to scrub it because my pee-pee is so toxic, apparently. Anyway, this toilet is valued at 4.8 million pounds. Do you know what that is in dollars? 5.95. Let's round to six. It was an artwork titled America and intended as a satire about excessive wealth in uh, Italy. So some dudes decided, hey, seven people have been arrested in the heist. No charges have been brought until Monday, four years after they stole the crapper. Guess what? The golden toilet, which was, by the way, fully functioning, has never been found. They've never found the crapper. Now, I tell you, man, is this a good show, by the way. I'm sitting here listening to myself talk. This is entertaining as hell. I'm digging this show. Like and subscribe right now. I'm serious about it. I'm not even looking at how many people are watching because I don't care. This show is going to be one of those deals where eventually Fox is going to say, we got to get this on or Fox News. I mean, this show is so damn good. I'm giving myself a high five. No, I am. Seriously. No. Seth Gardner. Link. Yeah, it's really good. Anyway, I digress. So if you're going to steal a toilet, uh, you know, just don't get caught, but four years, man. Four years. All right, let's see what else we got. A lunch host is accused of killing her ex-husband's parents and aunt with poisonous mushrooms. Hey, look. Huh. Here's the deal. I just watched, and you can see this on the Oxygen Network. This is a true story. On Halloween, a kid murdered his brother, his mother, his stepfather in, uh, where was it? God dang it. It was a little town outside of Bowling Green. The ma, the ma or the, the dad that got killed was Lee's cousin. It's on the Oxygen channel. So I'm just watching this, and I'm like, man. But one of the things that stands out with this is they always look first at the people closest to the victims. So somebody's going to die in a suspicious manner, the first person you look at would be, oh, I don't know, the ex-wife, the ex-husband. This is in Australia. A lady, the host of a weekend family lunch. So you're having lunch. Come on over. We're going to have some lunch. Listen to this. She was charged with murdering her ex-husband's parents and aunt with poisonous mushrooms, and she tried to murder a fourth people. Erin Patterson left home in the Victorian state of Wu, where her former for her former husband's parents, Gail and Don Patterson, Gail's sister Heather Wilkinson, and Wilkinson's husband were invited to lunch. The next day, they were all they were all hospitalized. She says she's devastated. She's been charged with three murders. The symptoms the four family uh, that attended were consistent with poisoning from an anamita paleloids known as death cap mushrooms. 
She cooked a beef Wellington steak dinner for lunch using mushrooms, she says, bought from a market supermarket chain and dried mushrooms from an Asian market. She wrote that she ate the meal, had stomach pains and diarrhea. Man, murder, murder, they say. I don't know. This sounds, I don't know. Look, am I responsible if I go to Crozier or Meyer and buy some shrooms that end up killing everybody? I'd feel terrible. I'd feel awful the rest of my life, but I don't know. Am I really that culpable for it? Is it really on me? Yeah, I don't know about that one. Maybe it is, though. Apparently, it might be in this case. Here's the deal. There is always what? Say it with me. There is always, always, always a backstory. Always. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's see what else we got. Listen to this. Thomas, I'm going to call him Thomas Twat who lived as a goat, lived as a goat. This guy lived, do I got to go any farther? I mean, seriously, do I, do I even need to go on? He used prosthetic limbs and ended up walking around fields as a goat. Now, honest to God, God gives you God makes you a human. And human beings have sense, sensibilities, emotion. I mean, they got all this stuff, free will. And you want to say no. Sitting around eating grass is a better way to live. This guy's only 34 years old, this clown. He made the decision after dog dog sitting his niece's happy, joyous dog. When he thought, wouldn't, be, wouldn't it be nice to just have a break from all this stress? He said he remembered as a child that if he were a cat, he wouldn't have to go to school. But rather than just letting my childish wishes grow, I wrote to the Welcome Trust. They gave me a small artist award, which called my bluff. And if any, whatever, the dude is a goat. We'll be right back. I got a headache. We'll be right back. Got to take a short break here. We are rolling with Don't At Me, and you don't want to miss it. Stay tuned. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Ladies and gentlemen, when a dude lives as a goat and we talk about it, it's crap. Uh, News of the day, Michigan is 48 hours. Michigan may or may not, nobody really knows, respond to the latest and the greatest or responding to the Big Ten, sending them a notice that, hey, look, here's the deal. Ah, you cheated. 
We're already investigating that. You got cyber crimes going on. We're already, the FBI, investigating that. And, ladies and gentlemen, that's right, we have, well, a sign stealing going on. So we'll see what happens. And, of course, when it happens, Outkick will be the place that you can go. Go to Outkick.com. I got to tell you, I'm a sports nut. I follow, I go to ESPN's website. I go to all, and there's none better than ours. I mean, these guys that write for us are incredible what they do. They're unbelievable. Uh, how they go about it. All right, we got some emails, and we have got some voicemails. I love this time of the day. The emails are flowing in. Let's hear from Rob, O-V-I-A-T-T. There you go. Uh, I am in awe of how demanding Coach Knight was on his players. It was intense, and it worked. His teams were tough, and they were feared. You obviously lived that. My AD at Kentucky, C.M. Newton, became a good friend. As you know, he and Knight were close as well. When my uncle's health was failing, I dropped Coach Knight a note telling him. He drove five hours from Bloomington over to visit. Drove five hours right back in the same day. I never forgot that. My uncle never had a more loyal friend. Keep up the great work. I wish you had stayed in coaching. The profession needs more, as much integrity as it can find. Well, thank you for that. You guys have no idea what having a little bit of integrity cost me in terms of money and coaching, but I'll let the Indy Star write their nonsense. Uh, William Moore says, since 13 Big Ten coaches and ADs are united against fairness, oh, they need to be held accountable for allowing men to compete against women. They need to be asked publicly and continually until they state their stance. If they don't, then they're a bunch of hypocrites and nothing should be done to Michigan since they are only for fairness when it affects them. This is interesting. You know, it's obviously two different issues, but I see the correlation. I do. If you're going to be all about fairness, if you're going to be all about competitive balance, and that's what is not at the core here. It's not at the core here of Michigan. Now, I see what you're doing, but at the core here of Michigan is cheating. It's cheating. Like people are staying, it's like the Democrats saying if you vote Republican, you are against democracy. You get these talking points and you continue. This isn't about sportsmanship. That's the angle they may use. That isn't about that. It's about cheating. It's about cheating your opponent, cheating your school, cheating your players, cheating the university, cheating the opponent's players. So that's what it's about. See, in the issue of women having to compete against men, you know what the issue really is? The, the issue is about cowardice. Adult males, white adult males, are so afraid of being called a racist. And I got to tell you, as somebody that is called a racist every day, who cares anymore? Be tired, scared of being called out as misogynist. They are afraid to say, look, biology states that if you got a penis and you got a set of, you got a package, you're a dude. If you don't, you're a chick. It's that simple. I argue if you are a male, and you are transitioning to a woman, fine. Compete against men. If you are a woman and you are transitioning to a man, compete against men. I'm up for protecting women's sports. We're trying to build women's sports. All you got to do is watch ESPN and their nonstop promotion of the WNBA. Because you think that's unfair, right? I know you do. I know you think that's unfair. But let me tell you something. That's what's happening now. Leah Thomas was a dude transitioning to a woman. She raced against who? Women. Softball player, 
at Yale was a woman transitioning to a man. Did she play on a baseball team? No. Did he play? No. He played on the women's team. That's what's happening now. And that is totally unfair to women. It just is. At the very least, you should say, if you are a woman and you are transitioning to a man, then you compete as a woman. If you are a man and you're transitioning to a woman, then you compete as a man. You're biological, biological sex. It's not that hard. Now, I don't think that'd necessarily be fair to women, but what's happening right now is just stupid. Please explain this to me. And William, thank you for the email, but please explain this to me. Here's the deal. Please explain to me why a man transitioning to a woman competes against women and a woman transitioning to a man competes against women. If you can explain that to me, God bless you. But you can't. It's impossible. Stupid. Fairness is out the window. All this is is cover your ass. The last thing any of these conferences want The last thing any of these governing body want is a bunch of lesbians pissed off. And you know what? Who gives a shit? Who gives a shit if a bunch of lesbians or transgender people get pissed off? Good. Here's the deal. You're mad at me. You just tell my wife this. You're mad? All right. I'll go over here. You go over there. I want to hear about it. Be mad. I get it. Now, if it was legitimately something I did wrong, I understand. But if it's just stupid stuff... Then I, I, that's great. You go be mad and let me know when you're not. That's how I would handle lesbians, transgender, H L B T G Q B E F D. Hey, look, you're a dude transitioning to women. You play with the dudes. You're a, du- a chick transitioning to a dude. You play with the women or you play with the men. Either one. I don't care. Yeah. Hey, Dan, I was in an elevator with Knight and Bill Parcells in New York when Indiana had an NIT game. I was afraid to press a floor button. Uh, I know he was friends with Belichick as well. Charlie Weiss told a great story where Belichick took him to an Indiana basketball game, met with Coach Knight, and after the game, I listened to him for two hours like a coaching clinic. I think football coaches admired him because he coached basketball like a football coach. Team concept, play tough defense, be prepared, give 100%. I think that's a reason you understand football so well. You played for a football coach. Keep up the great work. I'm an old fart. Played at Illinois when we got uh, suspension helmets, butkus, would not have cried in his mom's arm. Yeah, Coach Knight had nothing to do with me understanding football. Uh, not at all. But I do agree with you. Playing with a, for a guy that was tough really helped me. When I went to West Virginia as the head coach of basketball in t- 2002, the first practice that I had in the weight room, it was in the weight room, and the weight room was here, and up above was like the, it was in the football facility, and up above was glass. And people could watch the weight workout. And the workout that myself and the weight coach put these guys through was so intense that Rich Rod was having a football clinic. And they had the windows open so they could hear me. I had the entire football clinic watching my workout as I was MFing everybody, drilling them, pounding them, hoping some would quit, hoping some would stay. But we were going to get tough no matter what. I got so many letters from football coaches after that workout. The secretary there, I think it was a secretary, maybe been grad assistant, sent me a pack, a stack, uh, after I left West Virginia uh, eight days later, sent me a stack of letters 
from these football, or three days later, whatever it was, sent me a stack of letters from this football coach and say, that's the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. Look, I know you all get on my ass, but you've never met a better coach. You've never met a better uh, person that could drive more. Yeah, we got our ass beat last five years at Bowling Green, but what are you going to do? Lost my three best players uh, four of those years, my two best players all five of those years. Hey, you're in the MAC. What are you going to do? But I cherish those letters because I did learn that from Coach Knight. My high school coach not, was not like that. But Coach Knight, man, you were going to be pushed harder than ever. I mean harder than you ever thought possible, and particularly when you're just starting a program. So, yeah, Parcells. Parcells was great when he would come. I tell the story all the time. Parcells, Belichick, and I think Mike Francesa came to visit us at Indiana when I was a young coach. Belichick was a little older than me, but a young coach. And they were there for the combine. Everybody goes to lunch, except Parcells doesn't want to go to lunch. So Parcells gets on the Schwinn Aerodyne bike. You know the Aerodyne, it blew wind, all that stuff. He takes it out in the hallway. He goes, hey, Dan, let's talk. So I sat there with him while he was working out. But here's the caveat. That was a great conversation, don't get me wrong. But he was smoking a cigarette while he was working out. It was the greatest thing ever. I wish I had a camera. I'd have gotten this. I'd have snuck a little picture. I would have. I'd have snuck a picture of Parcells burning a heater. How great was that? Anyway, now you're absolutely right. Coach Knight was great with Parcells. Parcells told me, Anthony Thompson, IU hero, doesn't run hard enough. Like, what? And he was right. All right, we got some voicemails, including from our friend Gritty. But first, this is Carl from Columbus. Hey, Dan, my name's Carl, and I always enjoyed listening to you back in the ESPN days. I'm a Ohio State fan from way back, same age as you. So I wanted to call, acknowledge you because I like your content, how you confront the craziness, and uh, it definitely need more people like you. And I, I agree with about everything you, you put out there. All right. Yeah, we're getting a lot of that. You people have been very, 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 very good. Very good with us. And our show is only growing. Uh, the chairman, ladies and gentlemen, of our well, she's not the president, that's Sean Black, but the chairman of the YouTube chat, and she's also the beer captain. She's the captain of beer and IU and partying, our friend Jennifer, a.k.a. Gritty. Gritty, what say you? Hi, Coach Dockage. It's Gritty, and I was just calling about Caleb Williams wanting to go home and snuggle with his dog after getting beat. Um, if I'm looking to draft a football player, I want to get an alpha male, not a beta male that's going to go home and cry about the loss. An alpha male will go home, work hard, try harder, work on his game plan and all that good stuff and not go home and cry to his mommy. Uh, love the show. Peace out. Ending with a peace out gives me goosebumps because peace out is the way of the world. That's gritty and that's right. You know, women want real men. Real men are dying to be real men. I mean, I'm sorry, but they are. Look, I'm not some macho clown. I'm as sensitive as the next guy. I can't get through a movie sometimes without crying. Sometimes somebody does something really nice for me, and I well up. I learned this. Let me show you something that I learned, Gritty. I learned at movies, or when I'm going to cry, to do this. Watch. 
What I'm doing is I'm blowing up into my eyes. And that dries them so people don't see tears. I get crying, but I don't get crying when you lose a game, jumping up in the stands and crying with your mother. Honest to God, where does the drama end? Where does it end? Look, a friend of mine made a great point. Maybe it was on this show. I can't remember. He said, Doc, 84, minute 18 to go. You turned the ball over against Virginia. We were up one. All right. They scored. Fine. But guess what? I wasn't going to go in there and cry. I mean, I've thought about it every day for 40, 50 years, but I wasn't going to cry. Wasn't going to happen. No chance was I going to cry. I mean, are you nuts? Hell no. Cry to my mom and dad? If I would have run up, oh, it was with Ken Sterling on Two Big Brains. If I would have run up into the stands at the Omni in Atlanta, buried my head in a book, and wept to my mother, my mother under the book would have gone, get in the locker room. And my mother's the holiest of women. There is nobody holier than the great Roberta Dockage. There's not. But my father would have gone, oh, crap. My father would have evaluated himself. My father would have said, what did I do to raise this? (laughs) Which is exactly what I would have done if Andrew D. would have done that when he played at Ohio State or Michigan. Like, they lost to Gonzaga. All right. If Andrew would have had, an, uh, had, I guess he played in the game, played about 30 minutes, so I guess he did have a problem, or he didn't help him win, I guess. So there you go. But if he would have come, blah, blah, blah. oh, shut up. I mean, after the game in the hotel, hey, I'm down with that. I'm cool with that. Yeah, privately. But you don't sit there. See, women like Gritty are real women. They're smart. They're beautiful. They're tough. They just get it. They're not afraid. They'll tell guys when they're screwing up. They'll tell guys when they're great. And I I do. I love the fact that I've been married to two real women. I get along great with my ex-wife, and she would tell me, man, you're an idiot, huh? Yeah, what are you going to do? Also tell me when it was great. Lee's awesome. Same thing. I married two real women. And they they married a real dude. Good for all of us. <laughs> I got this the other day. Dan, is your ex-wife remarried? Come on. After this, how are you going to do it? Uh, let's hear 929-687-3941. Or, of course, you can email me, outkickdockage at gmail.com. Look, we'll read them. We'll play them. We love them. We want them. We want community involvement right here. Yeah, we do. We want community involvement. And Gritty says it. Real men are hard to find. No. Michael Jordan crying during a Hall of Fame speech. Are you out of your mind? That's great. That's a real man. Caleb Williams crying after a game with his mommy. That ain't a real man. That's a fraud. Maybe he'll learn. You know what? Maybe let's give him the benefit of the doubt. Maybe he will learn. I don't know. Who knows? Hey, do me a favor. Uh, we need your help with this. Like and subscribe. Yeah. Uh, 136 likes. We got 400 people on it. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Wolf says his, his coach called him a pile of pig blank. Here's what I did as a coach. I never called players a name. 
I said you are acting like, you are playing like, you are working towards being a boom. And I know a few years ago, you know, the words of a female anatomy upset old Pat Forty and the rest. Get out of here. The hell out of here with that. All right. Hey, Dan, she did get married. Didn't Dan watch a game with him? No, uh-uh. no, no. Lee's ex-husband. Uh, I did watch a Michigan game with my ex-wife's fiance, but she broke it off with him. Yeah, no, she didn't get married. Mm. Boom. All right. He cried after losing. Hey, you can cry in the locker room. I get it. You don't run up in the stands and cry with your mother. That's just being a drama queen. Sarah Spade would be upset. Toxic masculinity. Oh, do you want to buy these on the internet? Anyway, what else we got? We got woke dope What do we got? Let's go woke doping please. Shall we? Dad, if socialism doesn't work, why do some people still support it? Well, Beeve, that's because they don't work either. Oh, man. Unbelievable. I don't want to work. I want socialism. All right. I'm a socialist because I'm really smart. I'm a socialist, let's be honest, because you don't want to work. Hey, look. I'm tired of something that I've never been tired of before. I'm walking around looking at all these slap blanks, and I've had enough of paying. I've had enough of paying for them. Get out of here. Go to work. Get a job. That used to be a big saying in the 70s. Ah, get a job. Ah, your mother. You know what I mean? Get a damn job. Go to work, jackasses. And by the way, It's funny watching the results last night here in Indy. Here in Indy, we let our Democratic mayor, Boss Hogsett, ruin our city. But hey, 27% of people, 27% turnout yesterday in the election. How about that? And this guy won 60-40. And then you look at the counties or the, the places in Indy that are doing great, Carmel and Fishers, all Republican. Jesus. To quote a good friend of mine, damn, we so dumb. Next! (laughs) This is what J.J. Riddick, you're not going to believe this. I I took my son and my neighbor, we drove to Duke's basketball camp. And my neighbor, his dad, uh, Timmy Dunn, was flying out to meet us. So we go to Duke's basketball camp. I drop Andrew off. We go down, and we're going to play golf for a couple days, all right? So Krzyzewski hears that I'm there, and he invites me up to, you know, his room, his office. And so we spend, I don't know, he was great, like two hours just hanging, Coach K, myself, and Tim Dunn. Krzyzewski tells us that J.J. Redick is such a mess that they've got to do this right here. Brush your teeth, 701 to 702. Make your bed. (laughs) And I'm sitting there going, you got to be. who?" He was such a wreck, such a train wreck. And every time I see something like this with Joe Biden, I just laugh. I swear I just laugh because it's true. Can you imagine what has to happen 
to get this guy out of bed, into the shower, into his suit, down the hall, in front of a camera. Like, how many different shots, how many different people? Here's your shoes, Joe. And we're going we're gonna to vote him in again. We are. A level of stupid that is never, ever, has never been seen in the anals, not annals, the anals. Because that's what we're all getting when you go to the store. Something in the anal. You ever listen to No Vaseline, the greatest diss track ever? That's right. Ice Cube wrote it. We're still trying to get Ice Cube on the show. I'll take him any day. But Ice Cube wrote it, and it's the best. I'll let you guess what No Vaseline means. But it's about his former partner, Easy e Yella, and the rest, Dr. Dre, screwing him. Next! God, this is a good show. It's the best show I've ever done. California Burger. For, yeah, man. That's right. That's right. The $16 McDonald's family value meal. 16 bucks because these clowns got to make them because people want to make jobs at McDonald's a livelihood. Yeah, you know that's right. Hello, robots. Hello, AI. Goodbye, American worker. And you know what? They should. Flipping burgers at McDonald's should not be your career. I'm sorry, it shouldn't be. You want a part-time job? Flip burgers at McDonald's. You want to make some money? Go to school. I don't even care if you go to college. Get a real job. Work your way up. You know, I'm reading this book on CAA, the big agency, Creative Artists. Michael Orvitz, Michael Eisen, all these guys are involved here. And the one thing I learned that everybody started in the mailroom. That's yeah, cliche, but it's true. Everybody started in the mailroom and worked their way up. Man, now you dudes want to flip burgers, put on a hat, look on your phone, give bad service, be freaking idiots, and you want a career out of flipping burgers. You guys are crazy. You guys are absolutely crazy. All right. Whoa. Holy cow. I got a... I got a text from Matt Canada. DD. Huh? I don't know. Weird. Anyway, hope you're good. Hope you enjoy the day. I got to go outside and play because it's nice out. Have a wonderful afternoon, Dylan and Ryan and Nick and Nick and Aaron and Beth the Booker. And how about Trey Wallace? How good was he today? That's great. All right. See you tomorrow.